Hello, my friends. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm your host, Joanna LaFleur, and this is Season 5, Episode on today's podcast, we have Nachi Lazarus. Nachi is from India. He's a marketing digital church expert, and you're going to love what he has to say about what's going on with digital tools in Asia and what we can learn from what the church is doing there. Thank you for listening and sharing and subscribing and rating and telling your friends. Keep doing that. It helps more people find this podcast. If it's helpful to you, please share it. Please send it to somebody else today. And hey, if you haven't joined the Digital Church Facebook group yet. We would love for you to do that because on the Digital Church Facebook group, we are connecting around all things digital church, evangelism, and discipleship in light of the digital age. How do we do this? We're a group of leaders. Hundreds of leaders have now joined and we're trying to share resources. We're trying to even share job opportunities that might be available or sharing articles and insights and questions and having problem solving through group think. We would love for you to join us. You can find the link below or if you go on Facebook, and you search digital church, you should be able to find us that way. All right. Also, I want to let you know, of course, that these YouTube, sorry, these podcasts are now on YouTube. You can go to YouTube and see these podcasts if you want to see the person that I'm talking to. Why don't you go there and check it out? And also on there every week now we're doing uh, we're doing WordMate digital tutorials. And so every week we have really practical content that we want to offer to you around how to use Facebook groups or how to choose how to build a new website, you know, between all the WordPress and Squarespace and all the kind of options are we're doing episodes that are about how to increase engagement we're doing websites about how to build a communication strategy all kinds of stuff is on these tutorials and they're free and we want to get them to you through the YouTube page you can of course find the links down below hey thank you so much also of course to the sponsors that make this possible the Wycliffe College if you don't know Wycliffe College is an evangelical seminary at the University of Toronto which means that it's a public university so it's public prices it's super affordable compared to a lot of private schools that you might do seminary studies at but also it's just really robust financially world-class faculty top scholars in the world are working and teaching at Wycliffe it's a school that I went to and if you want to know more about it you want to check out what they might do for you in your pursuit of more ministry or missions or discipleship go to wycliffecollege.ca slash digital they have swag for you free gifts for you hey why not go just for that reason alone click the link in the show notes or go to wickliffecollege.ca slash wordmadedigital because they want to send you some free stuff thank you also to compassion canada for being a sponsor on this podcast for a long time i love partnering with compassion and they're just doing significant work right now in this crazy different year that 2020 has been And at this point, you know, this is a time of year where there's lots of organizations that are maybe filling up our inbox charities that are asking for help. And there is a lot of need because the global pandemic has hit really hard, not just in Canada, but around the world. And so Compassion is working through the local church in local uh, local villages, local cities to help vulnerable children. I mean, there's so much need right now. And actually it's becoming this domino effect with something that started with a shutdown from COVID has now affected people's job loss and health in other ways and their ability to go to school and their ability to feed their families. Things are, are in a difficult situation for a lot of people right now, but we can do something about it. We can stop stop COVID-19 from really reversing decades of work to combat poverty around the world that Compassion has been doing. So go to compassion.ca slash gifts. It's a fun way to get involved in this. You got to give gifts this time of year. Why not give something that means something? You can give chickens, you can give goats, you can give, uh, you can give a well, you could give school supplies, you can give healthcare to people that need it. There's all kinds of ways that you can find a gift that fits the person you're giving it to, but also then creates life change for someone, a child in need around the world. You can make a difference this Christmas with a gift that's different. So why not do it? Okay. This episode, we have Nachi Lazarus. He is, um, 
someone who teaches and works with nonprofits and faith-based businesses and churches and ministry. See, so he helps them implement social media strategies and processes. He's a super educated guy. If you see the lineup of degrees that he has, this guy knows what he's talking about. But the thing we want to lean into is he's working primarily in South Asia and East Asia. And so he has a lot of insight into a region of the world where billions of people live and how they're being reached exponentially with the good news of Jesus, the best news in the world. There's some tools and some insights that he has that I don't think you've heard before if you only are listening to Americans speak to you about digital content and evangelism. So here's my conversation with Nachi Lazarus. Welcome to the Word Made Digital Podcast with Joanna LaFleur. You're listening to Season 5, sponsored by Compassion Canada and Wycliffe College. Word Made Digital brings you interviews with Christian creatives and communicators to inspire, challenge, and equip you in your own work. The church has the best news in the world, so we want to help you be the best communicators in the world. Here we go. Nachi Lazarus, welcome to We're Made Digital. I, it's really an honor to have you on the podcast today. It's absolutely my privilege. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> well, uh, people um, may not know you. I think they should know you, and that's why you're on the podcast. Um, but so just start with a little bit of an introduction of yourself, and then we'll, you know, we'll go from there into, into all things digital, tech, social media. Sure, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I am uh, talking to you from uh, India. I live in Chennai, India, and uh, I run a, a digital ma- a marketing agency, uh, and I'm also a social media and digital media consultant for uh, specifically for uh, nonprofits, churches, and faith-based organizations. That's where my heart is. I'm a marketing professional. I've been in the marketing space for almost 20 years now. And uh, out of that, predominantly, I've spent my time in the faith-based space. And um, yeah, I live in Chennai with uh, my beautiful wife, who also helps me uh, with ministry and business. She's also a marketing professional. And uh, we have our daughter. And um, yeah, it's, 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 been, uh, it's been a fantastic uh, time uh, doing what we love doing. Yeah. Well, and and just before you know, we started the podcast. You were telling me this really kind of an amazing story of of you're saying you're the first uh, generation Christian in your family, but God did this amazing thing in your life, even just to allow you and your wife to get married. Can you and and you changed your name because of it? So please tell us a little bit about that, that story yeah. if you can. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a very, um, uh, very religious, very sincerely religious family. That's the way I would put it. My mother was a doctor. My dad was uh, uh, an entrepreneur. And uh, we were part of our life. Grew up. And uh, my mom would always say, if you want to become successful in life, you need to know this person called God. So I don't know where she got that idea from, but uh, she always told that even as I was a little kid. So I grew up with this idea that I need to know this person called God. So very early in my life, I started searching for God. So I got involved in lots of spiritual movements. I used to read scriptures of various religions around the world. I studied and I eventually I wanted to become a saint, a monk. I never wanted to get married. And uh, I... Oh, wow. uh, yeah, so I was very, I'm a very academic person. Even now I read a lot of books. So I, for me, the logic is very, very important on how I understood. And also probably because my mom ingrained this uh, in, my, in me, that understanding this person called God is most important thing in your life. Uh, thank God for that. Uh, I, I, I was like very serious about understanding God because it was a very vague concept for me as a kid. And I didn't know who this God was. I can't see this person and all those type of questions. And I was a very logical guy. So I'm an engineer, uh, uh, you know, and for me, it's all ones and zeros. There's no point five. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I had tons of questions, Joanna. So I, um, so I dig, I, I deep dived into various scriptures and 
stuff so long story short i the, you know i almost ended up becoming a saint and at the at the very last stage of my spiritual quest as a young person in my late teens i uh, i came across this idea that uh, you know me and god were one so uh, long story short at that point i couldn't reconcile with that logic my huh. engineering mind could not reconcile with that logic that uh, i mean i'm okay with uh, being like god i'm okay with being uh, you know identifying myself along with god but what they told me in that deep deep spiritual conversation uh, towards the end of my spiritual quest what they told me that i was that i am god now i had a problem with that i said i am god if i am god then the world is in trouble you know like <laughs> so i know all the problems that i have and issues that i have i can't be god i mean i can be like god so there was that disconnect so in my head if you can imagine a circle there was a circle in my head and i'm a visual person and in that circle there was one side was me and the other side was god and uh, they, we were both coming together and we were supposed to join and like understand each other and become one but that there was that gap that did not allow that circle to join because i knew that i cannot be god there's got to be some mm-hmm. other explanation for me to relate to this person called god so i left it at that went to college did my engineering and you know life happened and then i came across this church and long story short again i came across the truth and one day i go to this church again more as an ex- exploratory person uh, trying to because one of my friends told me that you know uh, the answer is in the bible there's a nice church a, it's a teaching church it's a church that i still go to uh, where it's a one and a half hour service and one hour 15 minutes is teaching you know like long sermon kind of <laughs> yeah which is something that i absolutely love so like more i of a lecture to- more of a lecture so uh, i went to this church and guess what on that day joanna that the 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 preacher was talking about the circle of life and how a holy god meets a sinful man and and he talked about the circle being complete if you can imagine one side of the circle not being complete and then you can imagine taking a cross and putting it in the gap so the horizontal bar of the cross actually connects that circle and finish the finishes that circle it actually completes the circle the horizontal bar of the cross completes that circle and he talked about how the cross is the only thing that can connect a sinful man and a holy god and i was sitting there and boom i mean years of questioning in my head almost every single question i had got answered my wow. question was how can man be one with god how can god walk with man how can we live a practical christian life because i'm a very practical guy i need to know like how how is god going to help me in business how is god going to help me in writing my book uh, like the book that i wrote right now how is god going to help me in guiding my career how is god going to help me in uh, you know my family and none of this can happen if god can't walk with me and god can't walk with me because i'm a sinful man and he's a holy god so there's got to be this connection and that cross was that connection the blood of jesus was that connection and i walked out of the room and i said i don't care how many years i've studied other things but this is the truth and today i'm a christian so basically i did that and then uh, then uh, my life kind of crashed because uh, we had a huge family debt right after that decision very okay. interestingly and uh, we had this uh, terrible financial crisis in our home and uh, i won't go into the details but we uh, it basically my 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 story was over nachi is not even supposed to be here at this time because there, there was no way we we're going to get out of that debt situation there was no way we we're going to come out of it but uh, but it took about 7 years uh, but god worked with me he was with me he walked with me and uh, he helped me get out of the situation and today he's wow. made me uh you know be useful to so many people around the world and therefore at one point i decided to take this name called lazarus from john chapter 11 where god calls out a dead man after four days because that's exactly what i was i was a dead man because of that financial crisis uh because of the financial crisis again my wife and me we had to wait to get married for many many years mm-hmm. uh so lots of things i mean we we lost a lot of years because of that crisis in my early days um even as my corporate life was soaring uh, it all came down crashing because of this situation and my life was uh, just over 
But now, uh, Joanna, we're just looking back and God has been redeeming our time. I mean, he's redeeming. And the book, uh, I wrote the book in 2017. I, I wrote the book starting in 2013. The book has done so well. The book, uh, Connected Church, has helped a lot of churches and ministries. Our, our business is doing so well. We are able to minister to people all over the world. So I would say uh, Lazarus' story is totally wow. come true in our life. Yeah. And it's Thanks. and it's so much so. I mean, it's so much. You you say you. It's on your passport. It's legally part of your name. Yes, I have, I have become uh, Nachi Lazarus. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a really beautiful story. Um, um, I love that when when people when you hear, anytime you get to hear the chance of someone who intentionally chose to change their name, not because of marriage specifically, but because of something else. It's just that's incredible. And so um, maybe it, maybe it sort of is a leading question, but I mean, when I look at your CV, your resume, there's lots of um, you're a highly educated man. Um, and you could have used, I mean, you were in a corporate world, you were in an engineering world, a tech world. Um, how did you end up, uh, why, why did you start serving in a church or a nonprofit context? Because you were probably making way more money and doing, you know, maybe even more um, challenging projects in a different capacity. So why, why are you serving churches? Yeah, uh, thanks for asking that. So we, we did start out with um, so I, I spent the first few years of my life in the corporate world, and then we started the business very early. My wife, we were business partners, life partners. So we started our business together, and we had an ad agency, and we did stuff uh, in the marketing. Marketing was my absolute passion, still is. And uh, so we started this uh, work, and we were working with uh, businesses and nonprofits at the same time. So there was this transition, John, at the one point in my life where. Uh, I was really, I had the encounter with God on this. And uh, I, this was uh, in, uh, when I was traveling for ministry, I, I spoke, this was on a Sunday. Uh, I still remember the date and the time so clearly because, the, you know, when you have that kind of an encounter. So, um, you know, I finished, this was on a Sunday morning. Morning, I had spoken in an Anglican church in another country. And then I, um, I got out and this was the evening. It was a nice little square. And uh, I got out in the evening out of my hotel room and I walked around and I had this encounter with three individuals. So one was uh, a street preacher. So I started off with a street preacher. So I walked out of my hotel and um, I, I looked at this guy. He was holding his Bible. He was speaking very nicely, lovely sermon. I always wanted to do street preaching, but never did it. So I stood there and I listened to him and he was fantastic. But I looked around, nobody else was really, you know, bothering. And they were just, you know, walking, uh, walking by. Of course, Sunday evening, why would anybody listen to a Bible preacher? But my my thing was I was a communicator, right? And for me, whenever I see a communication problem, I want to solve it. And my communication <laughs> problem, when my you communication wanted to be problem, his consultant on the street, he was the street exactly. preacher, and you were the street consultant. <laughs> street preaching consultant. Uh, so my 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 problem, bigger problem, was not why people were not listening to him, but my problem was why were not people uh, even pausing to listen? That was my problem. I'm okay with somebody pausing, looking at this guy and saying, oh, he's talking about the Bible and then walking off. But what I was noticing, Joanna, was people were just just ignoring him. Like they were not even like, you know, uh, thinking that he was there. They were just passing by and it was a beautiful Sunday evening. So I left it at that and I thought, okay, Bible and things like that. And I walked off. Then I came across this musician who was playing a lovely music, the busker in the evening. Now, the same thing. Nobody was listening to that person as well. And now I'm like, okay, hold on. Because whenever stuff like this happened in a pattern, the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to you at something. So I said, it's okay. I understand that nobody's listening to the Bible preacher, but why isn't anybody stopping and pausing to listen to even this musician? And then I move on. I come out to this third character who was a sales guy. Same thing. Nobody was listening. And then I stood there and I was praying and I'm like, Lord, I'm a communicator. I need to understand what's going on here. And then God showed me a very simple thing. He said, how do people hear? And I said, uh, well, through the years, uh, you know, duh, kind of a question. Then God said, look at everybody's ears. And most people, Joanna, on that evening happened to have a headphone or an huh. earphone. I mean, it's like a, it's like a, uh, it's not a, the world's biggest revelation. It's like, you know, people have headphones there so they couldn't hear. But for me, it was the biggest revelation I've had. The moment of 
turning uh, you know it was one of the moment of truth for me and it was a strong and at that point the holy spirit just hit me and he said nachi you are dealing with a headphone generation the years to come and this was about 7 8 years ago and he said in the years to come nachi this is going to become bigger and today i orchestrated this because i wanted you to understand what's coming uh, what's coming is young people are going to be influenced by what is in their ears and what is on the ears is airpods and earphones and things that are plugged in and i can't even reach them how am i going to reach them is the gospel if i do not have access to their ears joanna like mm. forget about asking them to come to church i mean i can't even have a conversation with them forget about individual ministry or small groups or counseling or whatever it is you can't enter somebody's ears how are you going to minister to them so it was a huge moment of revelation for me and god said i want you to drop everything and i want you to pivot completely to the faith based space i want wow. you to help churches because churches and ministries have no idea what's coming most churches i mean our church for example in india was way ahead of the curve i mean we 2007 8 we started live streaming and you know uh, we were so when when our pandemic hit we were like totally prepared even <laughs> you've been doing so, it for years wow yeah Uh, so god said you know there are there are many many churches out there who need help and they need to have your service so i came back we prayed and then we took a leap of faith because it has been it has not been a smooth journey it has been a really really tough journey uh, as you know it's because it's almost like you know uh, like selling something that you know people don't know that they need you know kind of a thing so uh, <laughs> but uh, of course it's getting better and better uh, and uh, i'm not complaining at all I, i'm so glad and thankful that god put me in this space i wouldn't have it any other way uh, i absolutely love what i'm doing now and uh, and right now it's been it's, it's very good most people are very most churches are very open the ministries are very open they are wanting help they're very open and i think uh, the kingdom of god is starting to get built in the digital way in a very powerful uh, manner Wow. Wow. And and so you're saying that marketing is your passion. Um I I think back when I was entering into this space myself coming out of business marketing background, tech background, I landed upon a site. I don't even know if it exists, but it was part of this early days for me. I think it was called churchmarketingsucks.com. And it was this real and it was just sort of this entry for me into how bad church marketing was. uh and how there was so much room and opportunity for improvement uh so tell me about it. what are you you know what what is what is that passion for you what what are you excited about in marketing for churches cuz marketing i think for church can sound like a dirty word like it's not a good thing yeah yeah totally i mean when i started out i would go and sit in front of the church uh leadership and they would say okay you are you are you are from the marketing so are we going to sell something we don't need marketing that kind of thing so marketing itself as a word had this wrong connotation within the church community for some reason uh, and um, i think it's because just the lack of understanding because uh, for me as a, as a young guy we had a fantastic professor in business school and uh, he's the one who made me totally fall in love with marketing and uh, so he would define marketing like this john he would say marketing is simply the art of connecting a good thing to the right audience so the mm-hmm. good thing could be a message a product or a service if you connect it with the right audience that's simply the act of marketing so announcing something good to the right audience so in that mm-hmm. way i believe the the best thing that we have to connect with the right audience is the gospel so if anybody needs to use marketing it's it's the church so um yeah initially i had to do a lot of uh, selling on the idea of marketing itself but i think uh, having said that over the years things have improved people have started uh, waking up to the fact and i think at this point especially after the pandemic i think there is a wider understanding maybe not of the word marketing but they understand in uh, i think the word media has actually uh, kind of taken over the role of marketing so from in, inside the church community they understand the word media better than marketing so everybody knows mm. they need to have media mm. therefore uh, social media and so on so i think it's 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 becoming better yeah and and for you who are the kinds of people that you're working with like are you primarily working in indian churches or asian churches um um what kinds of are you working in american churches what what 
what kind of work is it? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very uh, very fortunate that way to work with uh, a wide wide range of people. Uh, so uh, we do a lot of work in uh, in the North American market, mostly in the U.S. Um, because of my consulting work with uh, various nonprofits and foundations and so on. Um, but I also do work a lot of work in India, uh, and we also have uh, a setup in. Uh, we also work with uh, on this part of the world with Australia, and a few uh, clients on this side as well. So, but it's mostly uh, churches and Christian nonprofits at this point in time. Yeah, that, right. those are the two big uh, areas. We you also used to work a lot with uh, faith-based business ventures like Christian businesses and so on. But uh, off late, there's been a lot of focus in the need on specifically for churches and ministries and Christian nonprofits. So that's, that's where my focus is. And most of the time I work on strategies, uh, helping them. I have a framework. I have a, a certain uh, strategic strategic uh, tools that I use. And uh, because we have an agency, we, we not only give strategy, but I also work on it every single day, like, you know, ads and, you know, right from where is which button. You know, add tools, Google and Facebook and so on. So we, we also get into a lot of tactical stuff. Yeah, it's not just theory for you. You're really working in it. And uh, as you work on it, you're working in it. I, I'm, I'm so, I mean, the big questions I want to, you know, kind of pick your brain about, they're big and broad, but it's, I'm trying to help everyone because not everyone who listens to my podcast is in North America. There are, it, it, there are a lot of global people based on, you know, the stories I've heard from people writing to me or also just, you know, the stats that I can read on my data of who's listening and where they are. Um, but can you help us, especially in North America, uh, you know, what's going on in the world? We're in 2020 has been a crazy year. Um, uh, what are you seeing as trends? I would like to know, you know, what I'd like to get to, you know, what is it that we don't know that we should be doing that? Like, how is it that <laughs> we haven't picked up on these things yet? You know, I'd, I'd love to kind of go into those kind of conversations with you, but, but just in, 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 a as a starting point here, um, what are you seeing here in 2020, um, global pandemic has changed a lot of things. What are, where are you seeing the need or, or what are you excited about in the response to the need? Yeah, uh, there are two big areas in which I, I see need. Uh, one is uh, communities. So community building is huge. And interestingly, the second piece is also connected to that, which is private media. Private media is absolutely booming. So if you watch closely, uh, because I do a news uh, item every week. So I release a five-minute news clip for church leaders and nonprofit leaders. So because of that, I have the privilege of looking at trends every single week and looking at the news. And one of the things I've, I've started seeing, Joanna, is a pattern. So I have this huge wall in my in my home, which is my office. Uh, and I, I kind of have sticky notes on trends. So it's almost like, a, you know, like, like, like they show in the detective movie when they, when they yeah. get clues. So I've got clues of marketing clues on my wall. And one of the marketing clues that's really starting to cluster for me is this private messaging and private media space. So if you watch closely, in 2000, uh, in, it all started in 1999 and 97, uh, way back 20 years ago. Uh, many people think social media started as social media the way we see it now. It did not. If you know, the very first social media was AOL and Yahoo Chat. Okay. Okay. So now, because I've, I've not heard many people think or talk about this, but I've been seeing the trends very closely because I, I, that's the when I started my work. I finished my college and I started to work right around that 97, 99 times. And uh, that is when the whole, uh, so that time social media was basically Yahoo chat rooms. So uh, we used to go in and chat with people and, and connect with someone who I couldn't see was like the thrill of the uh, day. And, uh, and it all started with the messenger. And then as you evolve, you know, Facebook and everything evolved and things became social media. Now, since 2019, if you remember Mark Zuckerberg's address, uh, F8 conference, he started talking about privacy and private space and, you know, groups and WhatsApp. And then they're buying WhatsApp, they're buying uh, Instagram, uh, uh, you know, DM uh, be becoming a big thing. Messenger has become the big center focus of Facebook. So as I'm doing my news items through the week, we've done 85 episodes, by by the way, and we're getting to 100 episodes. And uh, 
as I keep doing this week on week, I'm seeing more emphasis by mm. Facebook, by Google on private messaging. So 20 years after that happened, AOL and Yahoo Messenger happened, today, Facebook is saying, basically, we are all about private messengers. You know, and they're saying they've launched Instagram shops, they've launched Facebook shops, they've launched WhatsApp pay, they watched uh, launched Facebook pay, and they are saying basically on your mobile, on your messenger, you will do everything, including transactions, e-commerce, connection, and community. So coming back to your question, what do I see as a gap and a need and a trend, especially in North America, is churches are still, uh, you know, getting their uh, hold, getting getting their ground on um, live streaming, which is important. Uh, and they're starting to think about content creation, social media, posting, all that is also important. But I would highly recommend anybody who is listening to us to start thinking about private media strategy for the church, because uh, that is where Facebook kind of companies are going. Even Google. Okay, just to give you a Google thing. Yeah. This is like yeah. Tell us about Most, Google. Yeah, most recent thing, September 8th, just a few days before this recording, uh, 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 Google comes up with a new Android version, okay, Android 11. And and what is the center of Android 11? If you just go dig in, the biggest feature of Android 11 is called Bubbles. And Bubbles is basically nothing but, you know, chat messenger built into the operating system. And huh. you can understand if a company like Google and uh, Android system, which is used by millions and millions of people around the world, is focusing on one single feature, you can understand how much of data and research has gone behind that kind of a UI change that they make to such a powerful platform. So basically what they've done is Android 11 is about having chat bubbles and with anybody messenger without opening that app. So if you get a messenger on uh, message on message, it'll just appear as a bubble and you will just open it. You don't have to open the app. You can just open the bubble and chat with me. So that's the feature. So what I'm trying to say is starting from 97 to now, uh, there's been an evolution of uh, one thing oh, called man. private messenger and uh, and churches are starting to miss uh, you know uh, that opportunity because they are not prepared. So I would say if you're a church leader who's listening to us, then I would say start really digging into how how can you build these two things community and private private space because in America well, and and do those yeah. contradict community is yeah. a group but private how, yeah how because I'm thinking you know in the old days uh you know 50 years ago an evangelist would come and thousands of people would hear them speak. Um, and, you know, people would make some sort of commitment to Christ, you know, as an evangelistic tool. But but if people are going, A, pandemic, people are isolated in their homes um, for health reasons and legal and, you know, government mandates. And two, uh, uh, you know, just uh, how do, you know, how do we, um, how do we go from one to many to one to one as a transition, even just in our thinking around how to talk to people? Um, how do you do community and one-to-one as an outreach strategy? I'm so, this is fascinating. It, it is fascinating. And here's the beauty of it all, Joanna, is that this platform is is the way it's been evolving and the way it has come to a point, uh, this platform is the only one that can fill both those gaps in a beautiful way. Let me explain. So, um, in a, a, for example, let's just take a couple of tools. Okay, two tools that I'm I'm fascinated about is uh, one is called WhatsApp groups. Okay, you probably know WhatsApp. You probably use it a lot. Not so much in uh, the Western world. In in our part of the world, WhatsApp is like the thing that people live on. So there's something called WhatsApp groups, and then there is something called Messenger rooms. So which is now getting popular, right? So what's, what's happening with these kind of tools, private media tools, is that you have the ability to create a community in however, whatever configuration you want without people having to leave the comfort of their own private space. So mm-hmm. what I can do is I can choose to have my inter like face-to-face personal communication with only the community that I choose to have. For example, just my family, my close set of friends, maybe, uh, you know, some of my uh, family, extended family members, that's it. So I may not even meet anybody face-to-face because of the pandemic and so on or any other reason. But if you open my phone, 
I will have messenger rooms and WhatsApp groups with various other communities. Like mm. right now, as I'm talking to you, I've got a WhatsApp group, one for my church, one for my prayer group, one for a ministry that I've been involved with in the last 15 years, which is a business ministry. And all these little pockets inside my WhatsApp keep me in that community. So guess what? If I have a question or a prayer request for, from a business side, I would quickly jump on that WhatsApp group and I'll put it out there and people are praying with me. They're talking to me. They're helping me. I've got that community at my access point, even though I don't even go and meet. And it's it's both one-on-one -on -one and a group. And if I want to chat with somebody individually, I just click and say reply privately and I talk to them. And if I want to talk to them, I just open a messenger room and I have a conversation. So suddenly, Joanna, we are finding thanks to, you know, all these developments and because of the pandemic, we are finding ourselves in a technological setup, which is at the palm of our hands, that gives us both the opportunity to connect with a large community and one-on-one -on -one with the same interface. So wow. I think this is the power of this private media strategy that I'm talking about, that churches and ministries start to uh, need to start tapping into. They need to understand the power of this and they need to say, how, oh my, you know, how am I going to structure my ministry around this? You know, am I, how, like for example, in the, in the American context, you've got a bicycle ministry, you've got women's ministry, you've got family, you've got youth ministry. So how can you plug into each of this using these tools? And how can you connect with them on a private messenger level? Not, we are talking about much bigger than Facebook groups now. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking there's uh, there's a number of things I could poke at in this, but one of the first things that comes to mind is, you know, the general population that would be called um, the poor, you know, uh, as in, you know, in every country, people who may not have the financial means to access this technology. So if everything is moving online, um, what are you seeing or do you have any experience with that? Is, is, is it getting cheaper and more accessible? Um, you know, how do we not, as the church, exclude people who, uh, you know, senior citizens, the poor, um, uneducated? I don't know. There's so many groups then that that may miss out. Um, so how do we how do we change that, or how do we, as the church, you're just looking for your, but if we're looking for people just loves. So <laughs> you know, how do we how do we bridge that? Yeah. Yeah, great question. And uh, what's been happening, interestingly, also around the world, uh, in, especially in areas uh, outside the Western world, is uh, the accessibility to data and internet and connectivity has been increasing rapidly. Mm -hmm. And uh, smartphones are becoming cheaper. And I have a, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I just got, I, I use a lot of smartphones for testing. And I just got a smartphone that has uh, 12 gigabytes RAM. Uh, it's a phone, and my MacBook Pro has eight gigabyte RAM. This <laughs> phone has twelve. <laughs> I mean, like incredible. And the cost of this thing is one tenth of my iPhone. So uh, you can imagine the scale. So the accessibility to really powerful devices is is absolutely booming, and uh, and uh, everybody's got access to smartphones. And there are companies like even here in India, we've got a, we've got companies that offer free data, absolutely free. Like, uh, and this is 4G fast connection. Part of the reason why uh, you know apps, uh, uh, video apps are growing very fast is because accessing videos is not a problem anymore, and uh, people are spending more time on their devices. And even the latest July 2020 report of Hootsuite and We Are Social shows uh, uh, an incredible boom in the adaptability, even in different parts of the world. I'm not saying everybody is connected. There is a problem of connectivity solved. By Google and uh, Internet.org by Facebook, they are working very hard because they know more people are connected than more ad dollars. So they will make <laughs> yeah, sure that the sure. world is connected. So don't worry about connectivity. All right. So uh, I think we just have to uh, start thinking. And it, it's a good point that you brought up because not everything is adaptable to those small um, phones. So you need to think. But but what I am talking about the the WhatsApp groups are absolutely adaptable. I mean huh. anybody can use WhatsApp. And it's it's very light, very thin application. 
and messenger is very thin very light application and and here is the beauty another another thing i get i get very excited about it sorry uh, but well, you know what it's uh, a one the- thing our our mutual friend katie allred who runs the church communications facebook group yeah. that we're both part of and you know it's like kind of 25 30000 people in this group the one thing she said if you're going to talk to nachi you have to ask about whatsapp <laughs> so here we go <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Katie is awesome, by the way. Um, so, uh, one of the things that's going to happen with WhatsApp is uh, is this interoperability. So, already, uh, I think last week, Facebook launched this whole interface called Facebook Business Suite, and they said Sheryl uh, Sandberg released this article on Facebook that said we are opening this interface to bring uh, Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, and WhatsApp in one platform. So basically what's going to happen, uh, Joanna, is uh, let's say there's a church in uh, North America that's that's trying to reach somebody in Africa or India. Uh, earlier, the problem was these people are using WhatsApp. We are using Messenger, that kind of a disconnect. Now, guess what? You can do interoperability. You can send a message on Messenger and that can go to anybody on WhatsApp. And people can reply on WhatsApp. That can come to your Messenger. So between Messenger, WhatsApp, Instagram Direct, and Facebook, there's going to be no gap at all, which is basically bringing uh, you know, billions of people from around the world onto one single platform. So we have well, seen a, nothing yeah. when it comes to I mean, that's an interesting question. The classic thing in so much is, you know, I know somebody messaged me, but where did they message me? Was it Instagram? Was it Facebook? Was it WhatsApp? Was it an email? Was it a text message? You know, or what, you know, there's so many places that we're getting messages. Um, and it is, you know, the idea of trying to simplify or um, make all of that, make that accessibility as a user feel a bit more streamlined. That doesn't really matter where it's coming from, but you're going to interact with it in one place. Feels less stressful. <laughs> like yeah. all these places, I feel like I have so many. You know, I'm just in the, if it was a if it was the old days, you had to go to so many different mailboxes to get all your mail every day. You're spending half the day just checking your mailboxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And imagine a church. You can build a database globally and push out one content. Like if you have a sermon and you have something that's going to be useful, you push it out to one database, and that can go to everybody in all the platforms around the world. So Whatever is preferred, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and that's true because in different countries, regions of the world prefer one platform over another. So if it can be sent out once and sent to all of them, in the same way with podcasting, you know, you, you this podcast goes on multiple platforms. I think the top places people typically listen are Spotify or iTunes, but uh, but there are many many other places you can listen yeah. to a podcast. And I would imagine in some countries, those two that I've mentioned are not the place that people listen to podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. want something yeah. else. Fascinating. Yeah, that consolidation is is definitely coming to messages as well. So now, I mean, where do you? I mean, do you? This is this out of passion and hobby. You know, people who are listening, they're thinking, where are you getting this information? We, I love that every week, as you say, we want to point people to that. That you do every week. A sort of a roundup of the latest news, but where are you getting this information? <laughs> well, it's all from the official blogs of various companies. It's just yeah. uh, it is time consuming, and uh, uh, yeah, that is actually one of the reasons we started doing this because mm-hmm. I've been doing this for years, and I would just spend. I, I set aside. I have time blocks, so I used to set aside one big chunk of uh, block of time for me to read about the news. So I kept doing that, and when I have conversation with church leaders, I would say, "Hey, this is what happening. This is what," happening. and people are like, "Where are you getting all this information from?" Like, so I said, "Well, it's from all over the place," and it's like, "It'd be nice if you could send us a concise report of this mm-hmm. every week." And I said, "Okay, fine, let's do that." And that's exactly how we actually started doing that news. So, uh, yeah. So, so the answer is, it's it's out there on all the. For example, Facebook has an official blog. Google has an official blog, and they, uh, you know, put out this content. It is just that it's all over the place. So, and also to look at. Uh, information that's church relevant is also the key. So mm. that is where I have a whole team that works and goes and, and especially this almost five items that you have to pick the from. Uh, this has been week on the digital. Wow. So it's also this you know filtering it out and saying what do you have to listen to. So yeah, 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 that's so good. I mean, okay, as a practical thing, you know, if a church 
today, this week, was going to say, I want to check out these WhatsApp groups. Um, what would be a recommendation, very practically, what would be the kind of group, if people were going to try something on WhatsApp, what should they try first? What might be a successful place to start with a group? Sure. Is it prayer? Uh, is it a buy and sell page? Is it a, a small group? Okay, let me give you a quick uh, thing about WhatsApp. So there are two features within WhatsApp that you might want to consider as a church. One is called WhatsApp groups. Another is called WhatsApp broadcast list. Okay, mm-hmm. so broadcast list is, uh, I have I have a whole blog series written on both of these. You can look it up or I can send it to Joanna and you can link it to the show notes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and so a broadcast list is where I would recommend you start as a church because that's a familiar place. A broadcast list is basically like an email BCC. So mm-hmm. what a church would do is they would collect a list of what WhatsApp numbers from their members and they would add them to a list. And when you send a message to the list, so these, this list is in a way a group, but the only difference between WhatsApp list and a group is that in the list, nobody can see each other. So there is a sense of privacy there. Like if you and me on the group, I can't see who else is in the group. If the church, it goes to everybody in the group. So email BCC, just like an email newsletter kind of a setup, but on right. WhatsApp. So I would recommend start with that. And coming back to your groups, groups is a great place to build community because people can see each other, they can respond to each other, they can uh, post inside the group and so on. So I would say the safest place, like you mentioned, is to start with a prayer group. So start with a prayer group, but the the biggest success of WhatsApp will come uh, in the segregation of uh, homogeneous audience. So if you have like a family, then I would recommend have a separate group for youth, separate group of family, so that uh, there is a meaningful conversation between all of them, uh, mm-hmm. in term, even in terms of prayer requests and so on. So uh, I would say try to uh, try to create at least like a micro level two or three groups. It's very easy to manage a group and have a have a moderator and then go on with that. But before before they start again on a practical level, I highly recommend you set up a WhatsApp business account. Again, I've got uh, articles on how to actually do that step by step. I can I can send it to Joanna and uh, make it available. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I think WhatsApp is a, something that probably a lot of us have on our phones, but probably for North Americans isn't the number one tool that yeah. we're using. Um, uh, but as you say, it is sort of the international standard. <laughs> um, you know, for me, my my go to is iMessage because most people in my world have an iPhone, so we're doing. Uh, iMessage groups. And it's very annoying then when there's that one or two people who don't have an iPhone and it goes green instead of blue. Everybody knows what I'm talking about if they have the iPhone and you can't do the group thing. But WhatsApp is the solution to that. Um, even just on a basic communication level, it, it, and I, I do think that, you know, when we're thinking global church, um, we need to pay attention to these kind of trends because, um, there are so many other phones. Everybody, believe it or not, there are phones that aren't the iPhone that people use, and they're amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. yes um, I mean, there's so much here. We're kind of coming to the end of our time, but um, is there something that we haven't covered yet? Is there is there any, you know, I, WhatsApp was the number one thing I want to talk to you about because that was what Katie told me to talk about. But is there anything else before we go that we haven't covered? And then we'll, of course, want to make sure people can find you and find what you're doing, find all your content. Um, no, I, I think... Uh uh, yeah, there's just so much we could go into, but uh, I think I think what I would like to close with is saying, this is I mean I when I when I started out it was it's a very different world, but today uh, people think it's it's we are in the middle of it. I would even I would I would disagree. I would say we've not even scratched the surface. So mm. we are we are it's it's not too late at all. So I just want to encourage people who are listening. If you've not started, this is the best time to start. And uh, I would highly recommend that you go all out, put all your effort. It's not difficult. It's not too technical. Things have become so easy. There's so many resources out there uh, that will not overwhelm you. So don't don't be afraid of tech. Don't be afraid. This is where God is moving. Some of the things that we are seeing are incredible, the way people respond to digital campaigns and give their life to God and, and connect and, and lives are literally being saved in the digital world and next generation generation z is only going to deal with 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 the truth on the digital space so i would highly recommend that you don't give up keep pushing 
make it happen. Do not be overwhelmed. Things will get much, much easier. There's no better time for you to start in the digital social media world than now. Amazing. Yes, we are on the cusp of new things. It's not too late. Get involved. And if people want to learn from you and want to want to get, you know, like this weekly thing you're sending out, I get it now. I'm on the list. I love getting these weekly updates. I feel much smarter after reading it. <laughs> um, how do people find you? Where do you want to send people today? Yeah. Yeah, nachilazarus.com. That's my uh, address. And uh, uh, Instagram is the best place for you to uh, get in touch with me with all that's going on. I release all my content out there on Instagram first. Uh, so at, in Instagram, you'll find me, nachilazarus. So that's the best place to connect. Perfect. Nachi, thank you so much for your time. And um, everybody's going to be signing up for that list. <laughs> we're all going to be, uh, we're all going to benefit from your curation of all the best content on the internet. Um, because the next decade ahead of us, we do need to be leaning into what these trends are and responding so that we can reach people with the best news in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Joanna. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And thank you for all that you do and your amazing ministry. I appreciate oh, it. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much, Nachi, for joining on Word Made Digital Podcast today. Just have been thinking ever since that conversation that we recorded together a few weeks ago about some of the insights that he brought. And I hope that it's as helpful to you as it is to me. Next up on the podcast, we have my friend Ruth Mullen. She's from Faith Tech. If you don't know about Faith Tech, they are working in the tech community to leverage and mobilize the skill sets of tech people to do good for the world. And so we're going to be talking about how she took a break from social media and what she learned through that. But also maybe you've seen or been hearing people talk about The Social Dilemma, which is a Netflix documentary. We're going to talk about that documentary and some things that we can give some balance on how to think about social media and how to interact with things like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and how we can shape the media that is also shaping us. Thanks so much to Wycliffe College and to Compassion Canada, who are sponsors on this podcast. WycliffeCollege.ca slash WordMadeDigital is a place you can go get some free swag and find out more about how to grow in your academic knowledge, your discipleship through Wycliffe College, the school that I went to and love and would recommend to anybody. Thanks also, of course, Compassion Canada for what you're doing around the world for vulnerable children in the midst of this global pandemic and crisis. If you go to Compassion.ca slash gifts, you can find ways to give a meaningful gift this Christmas. Okay, we'll see you next week with Ruth Mullen from Faith Tech. Thanks for listening to the Word Made Digital podcast with Joanna LaFleur. If you like this content, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Rate it and share this episode with your friends. Head over to wordmadedigital.com for more free tools and helpful content for creatives and communicators. We love helping you communicate the best news in the world.